Um, we talked about one time where the goal, like back in the day, they used to remove waist or ribs and or push ribs up in your waist and then do the corset. Yeah. The size was supposed to be a man's hands from their middle finger and their thumb. Like they could wrap that around a girl's waist. Oh. And I had a friend that we could almost do it. I was like, you just need to marry someone with long fingers. Jesus. Yeah, you guys put your thumbs and then your middle fingers together. That's not. How is that even? <laughs> Yeah, you're like maybe five. No, like, just I'm kidding. Not, I'm not that big, but like, there's no way. Well, you're also not at your waist, are you? Isn't your waist, yeah. Your waist. Oh, I thought your waist was higher. I have right a really here. high waist. Um, yeah, guys, it that'll make you feel like crap. No, I'm I just could kidding. get another like four hands. In here. <laughs> I know. Well, you got to do a guy's hand. Like, you also have small hands. I don't think Cayman's hand. Well, Cayman's hands are like. I don't think it could. I'll, I'll ask Maybe him you can try. Can try, it <laughs> try it. Let me know. I'm curious. Anyways, yeah. fun facts for you. Yeah. I'm full of them. Uh, do you have a thingy for 26? I do. It's 26. I thought it was 27. Whew. Girl cannot count. Because we were 25 <laughs> last episode. Yes, I do have numbers for 26, not 20. Oh, meanings for 26, not 27. Um, it represents efficiency and teamwork. It's also about being a role model. You will find happiness and contentment, which is good. I need that. I do, yeah. I need that. There will be harmony between love, economic prosperity, and worldly gains. I'm telling you, positive. We have had nothing but positive vibes yeah. since this year started. Yeah. So, this episode, there were some top contenders of different stories I wanted to talk about. Really? Yeah, because you guys, twist endings or plot twists, things that you don't expect to happen in the story, which I feel like describes a lot of our stories. I was going to say, it's pretty much all of our stories because you tell it, we, the way we tell it is like, generally <laughs> like, there's like, a plot to us. Yeah, you don't know who the yeah. killer is and you're like, <laughs> psych. You know. But um, some top contenders were all those stories about wrongfully returned children, those freaked me out. Have you heard them? Where like, like a kid goes missing, a kid goes missing and they're like, We brought your child back and you're like, That's not that's my not child. child. Oof. Um, uh, there was a show about that. So and I used to it, they only had one season, but it was really good. Like creepy. this kid They literally like There's some where like the mom's like, This is not my child and nobody believes her. That one's so well, sad. Well there was to me. this like this show literally the kid had gone missing for years. And so yeah. like when he came back they're like, I guess I could like he looked kinda similar, so like, yeah. I, I guess I it could be him. him. But yeah. like then all of a sudden, this like weird stuff starts yeah, happening. Yeah, yeah. Like I don't think it is him. Yeah. <laughs> there was uh, twins that were separated at birth, but then married each other. <gasps> no. They just didn't know. Yeah. Um, and then a girl didn't know who her father was. Like she, he, um, he, his, her, her mom got pregnant when he was fifteen, mm-hmm. and then he split, and then they got married, and she didn't find out until after he was dead. Like wow. they lived their whole life together, but. It was a second marriage. They didn't have any kids together. I mean, it's still gross and freaky. And yeah. he prob- they don't know if he knew even because mm-hmm. he left. But, uh, yeah, those are some top contenders of oh. things I didn't see coming. Okay, They so... just weren't your crimes. So. Well, the kid. Ooh. Okay, I guess that's where I was going to go. So your story is like a... Yes. Okay. Both of mine are true crime. Okay. Like murder true crime? Yes. Okay, cool. Cool. Because at first when cool. you were like... Well, not, not that it's cool. cool. <laughs> um, but at first when you were describing those stories, I was like, crap. We the, should do one like that, though, because it's still, like, there's, it's true yeah. life. But, yeah. yeah, we should do, like, those stories. Those yeah. stories. Like, something where it's not, it doesn't have to be, like, yeah. 
Death murder. murder. Anything but murder. But the people love it. So <laughs> they keep on coming yeah. back. Yeah, we have to talk about murder. All sometimes. two of you. Thank you. Um. Okay, my turn. Yes. Me again. It's always you. Okay, I'm going to tell you today. I love. <laughs> I love how you say that every time. <laughs> um, about Miss Katie Eastburn. So, Katie and her husband <laughs> lived in their home with three children. Are you doing that on purpose? <laughs> yeah. You're looking, oh, okay. It makes it intense. Oh, okay. Um, I learned it from, Oh. Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Okay. I didn't. So, it's all natural, okay, baby. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reread this because it doesn't flow together if I don't read it together. Katie lived in her home with her husband and their three children, five-year-old Kara, three-year-old Aaron, and 22-month-old Jana. Uh, they lived in Fayetteville, North Carolina, which was like a military community. And in May of 1985, a neighbor had noticed that newspapers were piling up outside their home and that there hadn't been any movement from the home in days, which I always find this very intriguing How because you your neighbors. Well, like, so for instance, my parents went on vacation and forgot to inform all of their neighbors. And after like three, four days, my neighbor, there was a, there had been a snowstorm, so their whole driveway was covered. Mm-hmm. So my neighbor like texted me and was like, "Hey, are your parents gone because <laughs> their driveway is still covered." Yeah. She's like, I-, "I was getting a little worried." <sighs> okay, but like these people, so like she does, she calls the police, which like good on her part, but I would never like first be like, "Yep, I'm gonna go straight to the police." Like, I mean, been, I like, guess it depends days. on how your relationship with them is. If they talk to you every day, Yeah, and there's three small kids. But all they said was that they just noticed some newspapers piling up and that there hadn't been any movement. I'm like, they could have gone on vacation. I don't know. My my parents are pretty close to my neighbors, but they just didn't tell them. I would never go to my neighbor. I'm going on vacay. Right. Uh, If you you don't, if you see newspapers building up, (laughs) that is why. I mean, good that she did, though. So, yeah, she called police to conduct a welfare check and the Oh, that's why. She's just nosy. Probably. I don't know. So the police arrived and saw a crying toddler through the window. They could just see the toddler, like, in, in their crib. But, like, despite this, no one answered the door. Um, but they decided to break in. <laughs> wow! This is full of twists. It's kind of funny. No, because it's funny because every step of this, I'm like, I would I, I would have waited. I would have given it, like, another week. Yeah. But they're, like, on top of it. That's how there was another story that we talked about where that happened, where, like, the, or no, maybe I just watched it, <laughs> where, like, the daycare lady, the kids didn't show up, and so she was, like, kind of weird, so she, like, goes to their house, and she's, like, hmm, weird, no one's answering the door, there's no footprints outside, hmm, I'm gonna break this window and go inside. What? Like, <laughs> you didn't tell me that story. So, the police to break in, and a putrid smell. Probably the baby. I know you can see where this is going. Yeah, yeah, that's why I said that because I don't want to oh. know. Um, yeah, a, a putrid smell wafted up their noses, and they knew immediately that something was wrong. Kara, see, this goes. I'm sorry, I have to talk about this again. The guy that fi- fell behind the freezer or the fridge at work. Yeah, the smell. Like I still can't get over the smell. But if you think about it too, it's like okay. I guess I don't know, but I would think, like, a big industrial kitchen would be pretty well ventilated, for one, and two, like, there's probably just so many weird smells in there that maybe, like, it could, people probably thought, like, oh, there's probably some rotting food. I mean... Maybe, but for seven years? 
No, yeah, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I'm not saying it was logical to train a thought. Yeah, it was a train I'm just of saying, thought. for some reason, they yeah, didn't I guess, smell it. But and I, I just can't get over it. Or not that they didn't smell, but they didn't recognize the smell. I mean, I'd hope no one recognizes the smell of rotting. Well, the way they make it sound, it's like, I, th- I think, like, I would know. So, Kara was found under a bloody Star Wars blanket. Ooh. She Star was Wars. brutally stabbed ten times. Ooh. Aaron was bludgeoned, stabbed, and almost decapitated in her oh bed. Oh my god! Remember, these kids are five, no. three. No, oh. yeah. Katie, the mom, was found in her bed. Bra up was up around her neck, and her underwear had been cut off. Oh, she had been raped and stabbed fifteen times. Oh my gosh! And they had all been slashed across the throat. Um, yeah, like literally, I didn't even want to write any of this stuff down. I can imagine. Oh, Just incredibly so disturbing. Uh, and it's weird. Like, I had never heard this story before. So. Yeah. And it's a pretty intense one. Yeah. Um, I don't like it. Yeah. Uh, the baby was found unharmed, but she had been there for three days with no food or water. So oh. she was obviously in distress. <laughs> and I, I would be too. Yeah. I mean. And um, Gary was actually away training in Alabama. Um, he's in the military. Was he? So was he actually? We shall see. I'm suspicious of everything now. We shall see. I'm suspicious of the neighbor that called the police. Right? <laughs> Everybody. But I mean, obviously a murder like this is very concerning at any point, but this was like yeah. a like a middle class, very safe neighborhood. Nothing like this ever happened. So a lot of people it was like very unsettling. Um, so before the murder, Katie had wrote a letter to her husband about this nice man that came to the house on Tuesday to adopt their dog, Dixie. Um, the Eastbourne family was planning to move to England soon because her husband was going to be relocated. And so they were giving their dog up for adoption. Yeah. Because they didn't want to make the move with the dog and all that stuff. And so the Cumberland County Sheriff's Department had announced that they wanted whoever had adopted Dixie to come forward for questioning. And Tim Hinson's wife, Angela Hinson, contacted police immediately as her and her husband had just adopted their dog and her husband had been there to pick the dog up. Um, Investigators had noticed that Hennis, I'm hoping that's how you pronounce it. I know I say this every time, but it's spelled like Dennis with an H, so I feel like I could not be wrong. Um... (laughs) But Hennis resembled a composite sketch that had been done based on the description from Patrick Cohn, who was a neighbor who had seen somebody lurking around in the driveway. So he looked pretty close to this composite sketch. And at this point, Hennis was interviewed, and he couldn't provide an alibi. His wife, Angela, was actually out of town all weekend, so, you know, a little fishy. Every time they're like, he didn't have an alibi, I'm like... I am screwed if a crime ever gets committed. That actually I suspect is, it. Yeah, I was going to say because, like... Who has an alibi? Right. Maybe, like, sometimes... Oh, like, Cayman's here sometimes. But, like, there's a lot of times where I'm just, like, at home by myself. Yeah. And it's, like, who can confirm that? I mean, no maybe one. if they can get, like, Snapchat records. Yeah, Snapchat. that's true. Now, that's, that is motive to Snapchat all yeah. the time. <laughs> or if they check my TikTok, they can <laughs> see that I was posting videos every day right. by myself. McKeeley so. was on TikTok <laughs> for 14 hours. It was somebody else. She is not even TikTok famous. Do you ever get on TikTok and like the guy tells you to get off? No. Yeah, I literally watch oh, it so much sometimes that, like that this ad comes on and the guy's like, I know TikTok can be fun, but you need to put your phone down and go to bed. 
<laughs> Despite not having an alibi, he, de- he denied any involvement. Um, but the, a neighbor of Hennis had claimed to have seen him burning something in a barrel in the backyard in early in the early morning hours after the murders, um, which really doesn't confirm anything. No, but, but that's just weird. not a good like, sign. Like, what are you... I don't, regularly, I don't regularly burn things in barrels outside my backyard, you know? No, I do. Um, unless we're having, like, a fun, like... Unless we're having a barrel burning party? Yeah, like, unless, like, I'm having a bonfire <laughs> with people over or I'm burning, like, old homework or something. So, he was actually apprehended the 16th of May in 1985 after Cone had picked him out of a lineup and also identified his car as being similar to the one he had seen. But again, like, we've talked about this. If someone's like, what was a the car A lot of people saw, have the same car. It was like, brown. Yeah. Well, in, like, if oh, anybody can car. drive. Do you know how many people have a Buick Lucerne yeah. on campus? Do you know how many people had a, a brown Volkswagen bug named Ted Bundy? <laughs> I'm not kidding. Or no, I think it was just Ted. But still, yeah. like, there were a lot of Ted's that owned, you know, yeah. and that took them a long time to figure out. Yeah, it was so this it's guy. like... So it's like, whatever. Yeah, um, it's gotta be that one... Like, I can see if you're like, yeah, it was the Scooby-Doo van. Because, some, like... Yeah, I was gonna say, some people have, like, very specific, like, Cayman's yeah. truck. A lot of people don't have, like, that truck with the topper and the lights. Yeah. And the, so it's like, okay, we or, like, always know Or, like, if you got the license plate down. Yeah. Which like, is rare, but... Yeah. Like, some people just have really distinguished distinguishable vehicles but yeah gary eastburn had rushed home and was able to identify several missing items including his debit card Ooh, um, Ooh, yeah that's gonna come back isn't it yeah yeah i mean it's right here but oh. <laughs> and we're back and we're back wow <laughs> the long I, journey <laughs> i don't know if i told you this but i'm actually kind of psychic so wow. I, I was at my um, aunt's house and i mm. walked in and i was like guys i don't want to alarm anybody but one day, one of the people in this room is going to die. <laughs> oh my god! Kind so of I know I don't want to alarm you, but I am actually psychic. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> Thank you. So it was determined that the debit card had been used at an ATM nearby. Which, if you're going to steal someone's debit card, wait a while. Wait Go a while. Far away. Go to Texas. I don't know. Like Just take a plane. Withdraw uh, the money and leave Texas. Yeah, but eyewitnesses had identified Hennis as the man she had been she had she had seen using the ATM around the same time. So oh it couldn't be gosh. confirmed, which is weird. Thank God we have cameras on the ATM now. Like, why was that not always a thing? Oh, they didn't have cameras. Every... Isn't that weird? <laughs> Isn't huh? it weird to think they didn't always have cameras? No, like this was in the eighties. The eighties. Yeah. Uh, McKaylee, they used to list your personal address in a book that anybody can get. They still do that. They have my address? Yeah. There's a phone book that gets delivered to everyone, like... It has my address in it? It might have their address in it. I guess I don't... I haven't looked at it. I think so. I don't know. They're also making an app where... Okay, apparently it's in the works, but then they, like, try to get feedback from people, and obviously people said it was a horrible idea, but it was, like, you could take pictures of people and, like, get their address. (gasps) Yeah. Oh, my gosh! It really is easy to find anyone's address. It's really not that hard. No, I know, but I don't want it listed to any creep out of Yeah. Uh, so, Hennis, uh, after a lengthy trial, he was found guilty of rape and three counts of murder <sighs> and sentenced to death. Oof. But Hennis appealed this on the grounds that the crime scene photos inflamed the jury, yeah. which I'm confused because don't you think that would, like, always happen? Yeah. 
like it would just really upset people so yeah i feel like that so i don't really get how you can appeal based on yeah. that i would appeal on the fact that there was i feel like there was no definitive it was, evidence it was, it was, was all circumstantial. circumstantial it's like yeah. he might have been there and he might have been the guy using the yes. debit card yes which is why in 1989 there was a retrial and the defense mounted a better argument the second witness to place hennis at the atm claimed that her memory could have been influenced by the, his pictures in the news yeah they uncovered that she initially claimed she didn't see anybody. Wow. Um, yeah, and another witness, who was a tall blonde high school student that looked strikingly similar to Hennis, told the jury how he often walked through the neighborhood at night and that Cone could have probably just mistaken him for Hennis. I can't explain why. Sometimes I just walk through Listen, this neighborhood at night. You do you. It's safe here. Yeah. And I like night walks. Yeah. <laughs> And also, a newspaper carrier claimed to have seen a small, thin man leave the home that night. Um, they didn't, the article that I had found this information didn't really, I'm assuming that Hennis was not a small, thin man. <laughs> yeah, it was Hennis. <laughs> yeah. If you know what we're saying. <laughs> yeah, I'm guessing that's what that means. Okay. Um, and so in 1989, he was acquitted on all charges um. and released. Um, he actually returned to the army and he served in the first Gulf War oh. and in Somalia. He eventually had a son and became a Boy Scout leader so he could, like, spend more time with his children. You know, just live a very normal life. This is one of those DNA stories. I'm trying to figure out the twist. He <laughs> Sorry. retired in Lakewood, Washington. Just, yeah, very, okay. very, um, basic. Yeah, very basic life. Um, and at the time of the murders, DNA testing was new. <laughs> Blood type It's always DNA gets yeah. you. Blood type tests and hair analysis tests were all, like, and at that time, they couldn't even, like, pinpoint a specific person based on that evidence. It was, like, I think it would take, like, a population of DNA and, like, match it to, like, yeah, you couldn't pin it to just one person. That's insane if you think about the fact that they caught the Golden State Killer from, like, DNA. They caught, they figured out who... Who flipping Jack the Ripper was yeah. from DNA? Yeah, that's insane that we can do that. Okay, and before they're like, and can we just think about these people, these smart ass people that were like, you know what, we can't do anything with this right now, but let's save it. Yeah, like that's awesome. Solid. They're like one day. Yeah, one day. They just knew, and that's so crazy to me because you would have thought they'd be like, oh, let's just take it up space, <laughs> let's throw it out, toss it. So. In 2006, when DNA testing became more advanced, investigators decided to test the evidence again. Why not? And this time, semen found at the crime scene matched the blood sample Hennis had voluntarily given the sheriff's department in 1985. Um, oh my gosh. And because he had already been tried and acquitted, double jeopardy prevented him from being tried in the state court again. But he could be tried in military court. Oh, <gasps> yep. And in October, of bet you didn't see that one coming, no. bud. And in October of 2006, authorities re so he had retired, right? Yeah. Authorities successfully re-enlisted Hennis back into the army so that another <laughs> trial could take place. And able to try him, they were able to try him twice for the same trial because of dual sovereignty doctrine. They had to drop the rape charges due to the statute of limitations mm-hmm. being expired. But during the third trial, the defense argued DNA didn't indicate murder because they said that it could have could indi- indicate that there was some kind of sexual relation, but it doesn't 
technically yeah no i get their argument in theory but right but there's also no other evidence such as hair or fingerprints found but they they obviously like he could have cleaned up yeah, and what are the odds that you just happen? She just happened to get murdered if you had an after affair. they had sex. Yeah, it's yeah just like, like that's that, right. that'd be someone crazy. else walked. Yeah, is just... that the next twist? Is there? A... <laughs> 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 um, so, but in 2010, after weeks of testimony and three hours of deliberation, the jury found Hennis guilty on three counts of premeditated murder. Yeah, and he was again sentenced to death, which is just awesome because like double jeopardy really can get you. Mm-hmm. And it's cool that they were able to still. Yeah. Um. So this is the sad part, though. Oh God. He... Oh, this is the sad part. Okay. The whole thing is sad. Okay. But um, he's still actually chilling death row at Fort Leavenworth, Kansas. This was ten years ago. He's still just hanging out. But apparently, it's because, and I couldn't quite understand it. I was trying to read a few different. I don't understand these uh, things. Well. Apparently, the military hasn't executed a prisoner since 1961. Oh. And there was, like, a two-decade pause on capital punishment. So there's actually, like, four very, like, big, like, criminals with a military background that are at this fort that are just, like, chilling on death row. (laughs) I think they're chilling, but... Yeah, but, like, I don't know. So for whatever (laughs) reason, um, but something that was just put into place may move that hmm. um he's not i think of the four he was not the first i think he was one of the last that uh, would die hmm. that is horrible but yeah yeah Icky. um still haven't i mean i guess you know there was some kind of justice because he was arrested but pretty intense story but that i liked an intense story. yeah i liked the twi- i don't like the twist but I, it was interesting it's interesting it provided a yeah. you know, interesting insight yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Segway. Yeah. That was my story. Sorry, that sounded too happy. That did. That sounded. We just took a break, so I like. Yeah. Um, I'm feeling a little better. I looked at a couple TikToks. Oh. So it helped clear my mind. I'm not actually happy about that story. That was no, a very. No, that was story. a very awful story. Very sad. Very 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 very, very sad. But we're on to other stories now. Yes. We'll see what you think. Okay. All right. Are you ready for the story of William Jackson Marion? I think so. Okay. So, William Jackson Marion, or Jack, was born in Iowa on May 13th, 1849. In May of 1872, Jack and his friend John Cameron left Liberty, Nebraska to find work on the railroad. Mm-hmm. On May 5th, 1872, Jack showed up at his mother in ho- mother-in-law's house with all of uh, John Cameron's belongings and his horses. He said that John had decided to leave Nebraska for a better life. And, and didn't take his horses? <laughs> he apparently sold them to Jack. And the mother-in-law was like, oh, he definitely killed John. <laughs> She's no question about <laughs> She's it. She's like, I didn't trust him. He's shifty. <laughs> and nothing happened after that because Jack just left Nebraska Took John's horses and peaced out. In March, of, why even go to your mother-in-law's at that point? Just wanting, just leave. I think he, there, like, he had a reason for going there. I don't think he just like went there to hang out. He's like, guess what? <laughs> I got guy, some horses. Guy left. I bought some horses from him. Got all his stuff. Anyways, in March 
1873, so almost a year later, a decomposing body was found in Gage County, Nebraska. The body was found in a riverbed with multiple bullet wounds in the head and was wearing clothing witnesses said were the ones that John Cameron was last seen in. <laughs> Naturally, Jack was a suspect. Sorry, so I know... I don't mean this, but, like, there probably wasn't a lot of outfit options. <laughs> I know. They said he was wearing corduroy pants. I'm like, yeah. was like, Jack the only or John thing. the only? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't know, man. I think it went hand in hand with the fact that John was missing. Like, no one had seen him yeah. since. In December of 1882, Jack was found in holding in Sedan, Kansas, where he was awaiting charges for grand larceny, mm. otherwise known as stealing a wagon. <gasps> That was great. Not, not, it wasn't John's wagon. It was a different right. wagon. Okay, I just wanted to clarify. He bought the wagon. Well, he needed some, like, he he was tired of riding the horses. He had oh, yeah, multiple, he had so you can't ride them both at once. He had to use the wagon. So the uh, wagon. That's a good point. Good yeah. point. So they took him to Beatrice, Nebraska, where he was charged with murder. And the jury convicted him, I want to say after, like, 43 minutes, I think they said. Wow. Like, it was under an hour they convicted him. <laughs> well, obviously, like, the trial went on, that and they're like, <laughs> they're like, no, nah, trust the mother-in-law now. <laughs> and he was sentenced to death. He appealed this because he's like, you have no evidence except for the guy's horses. <laughs> right. And um, they, it was actually given another trial because at the time, judges could not sentence someone to death, only the jury could. And the judge had sentenced him to death. Mm. So, in the second trial... He was sentenced to death again. He lost his second trial and lost his second appeal. Oh. So on March 25th, 1887, Jack was hung. Okay. He maintained his innocence and even said, I had to like, I'm going to say it like this is a full quote. I had to put some stuff together because it was like multiple sources. Mm-hmm. But essentially said, I am a sinner the same as any other law-abiding citizen or church member. You are waiting patiently to hear me make some confession. I've made no confession to nobody and I've got no confession to make. Go to the court dockets and see where men have been tried and acquitted and compare my case to them. All I have to say is God help everybody. Which is like, that's a statement. That's a big F you. Yeah. The Omaha Daily Bee published an article on March 26, so the day after, that said, no doubt that he was guilty and also guilty of other murders in the Indian Territory. Wow. So the, the, so not only did Omaha he, Bee did not care. They, they were like, this guy. Jack's execution was the only one that ever happened in Beatrice, Nebraska. Wow, really? Mm-hmm. Yep. Four years later, all right, 1891, John Cameron shows up. Oh my God. He's like, no, the guy was telling the truth. I really just... He's like, what up? I'm John. They're like, oh, whoops. He's like, I literally just sold this guy my horses yeah. and moved out of town. I'm... Well, no, yeah, that's literally what happened with Kaylee. Cameron had spent the last 20 years traveling to Mexico, Alaska, and Colorado. He even had a letter that corroborated this that he'd written to Marion's uncle saying that he had fled because he thought... He was, because someone told him that he might be the father of their child. <laughs> he, dude, spent 20 years on the run. Some, <laughs> makes everyone think he's dead, gets someone convicted <laughs> of his murder, and it's just because he was trying to avoid That's being it. someone's father. That is real toxic. <laughs> toxic energy yeah. right there, guys. And he traded clothes. Take with- care of your children. <laughs> Own up to it. <laughs> Uh, he traded clothes with a Native American and sold his horses to Marion. 
And he even Wait. had... So was a Native American the one that they found dead? I think they would know the well, difference between a white guy and... You would think, but they uh-huh. probably... He probably, like, they couldn't really recognize him. They were just like, these are the clothes you're wearing. <laughs> Must I saw in one of the articles it said, I'm pretty sure, like, identifying a body was like, John had a mustache. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's why I was like, Maybe, there's not yeah. many outfit options. They probably were literally just like, yep. John wore <laughs> Oh, my God, John wore yeah. corduroy pants as everybody's wearing corduroy it, pants. Like, there's only one kind of corduroy pants you can buy <laughs> in that town. And he actually had a note from Jack saying, that he'd pay him for the remainder of the money he owed him from the horses. <laughs> so, like, literally just, like, this, this poor, poor guy. This poor guy literally just... Literally told the truth, <laughs> and his mother-in-law's like, uh-uh, murderer. Well, you had to really piss her off. <laughs> what did you do? Yeah. On March 25th, 1987, which is a hundred years after Jack was executed, wow. he was pardoned by the state. <gasps> and if I was Jack, I'd be pissed. Yeah. I'd be like, no. I would no. come back and I would haunt everyone. Yeah, I'd haunt that whole town. Uh, anyways, that's the story of William Jackson. That is wild. <laughs> I just thought, like, did you ever read, um, it was a Tom Sawyer? Um, the Adventures of Tom Sawyer? Maybe. When it's probably a long time ago. Tom and Huckleberry Finn, they just show up at their own funeral. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's what I thought of. So they never explain who this other guy is. They, they don't. They don't know. They, they never literally tried him for this guy's murder, yeah. thinking it was this other guy. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. There's, so there is one. So there is another a murderer, murderer out went there. Out. Yeah. But I mean, maybe Jack killed him. I guess maybe the mother-in-law was onto something. Yeah. The real twist. Actually, the plot real twist, twist is he did kill that guy. <laughs> he just got framed for the wrong murder. Yeah. Since wow. that was so short, I do have another story. Okay. Maybe that was his plan all along. Maybe. He was like, I'm going to frame my friend for my murder <laughs> that badly that he didn't Maybe, maybe John was in love with Jack's wife and Jack's mother-in-law preferred John. Oh. We cracked it, guys. <laughs> Solving cases. Since. From the 1800s. Oh, I was going to say. Since, since last year. Since 2018. <laughs> 2019. 2019. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> um, so, it feels like we've been doing this forever. Yeah. All right. Are you ready for the Mary Morris murders? Yes. Have you heard about these? Wait, I have not. All right. I've actually had heard of these, just not in detail. Okay. Okay. So uh, at 6 a.m. on October 2nd, 2000, Mary Lou Morris left for work. Ooh. She never arrived. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. Oh, no. <laughs> at 10.20 a.m., Smoke was reported three miles from where she lived, like her house. Mm-hmm. Believing it was a controlled burn, the fire department did not investigate. Okay. That is some... What year was this? 2000. That is some bullshit because... I mean, We be- were burning things at Habitat for Humanity because, like, there was a lot of boxes yeah. and pallets and things we just need... And brush that we just, like, were getting rid of. And they showed up. Where was it? And we got in trouble. It's right in town. Oh, see... This was in a pretty rural area. So, yeah, but if it's close enough for firefighters to be like, oh, yep, looks controlled. <laughs> I don't know. I guess I didn't think about that. Maybe they drove a little bit. They're like, I'm not going all the way for yeah, that. That's I don't true. know. But around 5 p.m., her husband Jay called her work because he's like, I've been calling her all day. She hasn't answered. Mm-hmm. And they said, oh, she never came in. And he's like, he's like I'm don't sorry, you think what? That's weird. <laughs> so then he reported her as missing. And also around this time, a man had come across a burned Chevrolet Lumina with Mary in the driver's seat. Oh. 
Her body had been burned so badly that they had to use tooth fragments to identify her. <gasps> While her wedding ring had been taken as well as... Wait, I do know the story. Oh. As long as it's what I think it is. So while her wedding ring had been taken, as well as her purse, all the other jewelry and valuables were left. Mm -hmm. And they determined that it wasn't a robbery because, like we said, if you're going to take take all the jewelry. Right. So they had no motive for explanation. Wow. So um, six months after Mary's death, $2,000 worth of phone calls were billed to her phone card. I don't know. $2,000? Phone callers. I'm trying to think of, yeah, I'm trying to, like, a phone card. (laughs) But, so they've traced the phone to a 16-year-old in Galveston, and (laughs) she said she'd found Mary's phone card in a purse that her neighbor had given her. They asked the neighbor where they found the purse, Uh and the neighbor said she found it in a parking lot. Like, like she just found this purse. She just found it and was like, here, I'm going to give it to my 16-year-old neighbor. (laughs) Yeah. And so Mary's friends and family all said that they had never, Mary never owned that purse. They had never seen that purse before. So the phone card was put into a random purse. After the purse incident... Maybe I don't know the story. Now I'm like... <laughs> what? Okay. It's just weird. Yeah. Um, after the purse incident, Jay received a phone... Kept receiving phone calls from a guy who would keep asking for Mary. And Jay would just say the guy... He didn't know what to say, so he's like, Mary's not home. Mm-hmm. Um, he's like, I don't know what the hell is going on. And then he said, one time they... Or he contacted the police... And they were like, okay, just give him the county sheriff's department number. The next time he called, he said, oh, you can call me. You can reach Mary at this other number and gave him the sheriff's number. And the caller said, oh, yeah, right. And then never called again. Hmm. They traced the calls to an apartment complex, but they never identified who was calling. They never found out. Yikes. On October 13th, so the day after Mary's murder, going back in time a little bit here, folks, <laughs> The Houston Chronicle received a phone call, and all the person said was, they got the wrong Mary Morris. This is a story. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Which is, I hate that. I know. I know. It's so freaky. freaky. Three days later, 39-year-old Mary McGinnis Morris died in her car a few miles from her house, less than 25 miles from where the first Mary had been found. So crazy. On October 16th, 2000, she had made a frantic call to 911. Uh, she had become nervous from someone in the drugstore, like, they made her uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. During the call, she was actually beaten to death and then shot. And they say, like, the, the, you, they're like, you can hear her last words. Like, this is her oh last moments. Um, it's not public. Like, you can't listen to it, which I don't know why you yeah, want why to. Yeah, why would anyone want to? But a detective who had heard the recording said, anybody that's ever heard that tape has just had their blood chilled listening to it. And another detective remarked, it's a very chilling and disturbing call, which I can only imagine. So she imagine. was beaten, shot, and then put in a, and a then car. Moved, yeah. And, like, yeah. That's just weird, too, because, like, the first Mary was just, like, burned. Yeah. So it's like, did they just get, like, that more upset that, like, they got the wrong Mary? So they're like, we're going to do it right this yeah, time. Right. And they say so messed up. And it was really weird because, like, the first Mary, they're like, every, they're like, everyone had positive things to say. They're like, we have no idea who could do this. Like, mm-hmm. they literally had no suspects. And then with Mary McGinnis, they're like, they had, like, you know, they had motive. They had mm-hmm. reasons. Like, for, so it was just really weird, like, why it happened. But, um. So her husband and her had been having difficulties, and she also had a male nurse at her clinic that was creeping her out, and she had, like, reported him for, like, sexual harassment at mm-hmm. points. So at one point, Mary had gone to her desk and found that all of her things had be- been rearranged, and on a photo was a note that said death to her on Oof. it. 
So her death was posed as a suicide. Obviously, police knew this wasn't the case because they literally had a phone call of it. (laughs) But also, wait, is this a second Mary Morris? This is a second Mary Morris. So she beat herself, shot herself in the head, and then set herself on fire? The second Mary Morris was, there was no fire. Oh, I thought you said her car was also set on fire. Not true. They just drove her somewhere. Yeah, she, it was, in she died in her car. Did I, I might have said that on accident, but no. No, I think maybe oh. I just was thinking they were, like, exactly the yeah, same. Yeah, no, no. She, so she just died. Whoever did it posed her death as a suicide. Um, they interviewed the male co-worker because, obviously, they mm-hmm. had reason. And he he blamed Mary for getting him fired, either because she, like, reported him or he was tired of being accused of sexual harassment. Mm-hmm. So, Dwayne Young, the co-worker, had gone on social media after the incident, which... I was trying to think of what social media was in 2000. I was like, so basically he went, (laughs) AOL Messenger, y'all never guessed on my update. Um, So he went on various blogs saying that he was innocent and he blamed Mike, Mary's husband, as well as Mary's friend, Lori Gemmel, for the murders. Like Mm -hmm. he said, they did it. Mike Morris, her husband, was a suspect because... Obviously, the husband's always a suspect. Um, he also acted really weird when the police contacted him. Uh, so he told the police that he was at the movies during the murder and then re- absolutely refused to take a polygraph. I mean, they're not, whatever. Inconclusive anyway. Yeah, but still, it's weird that you're like, absolutely not. Like, yeah, you think you'd like volunteer you'd to be like, do that. I guess, yeah. but like, it's not admissible. Right? Yeah. <laughs> right. And then he also wouldn't let the police interview his daughter. Uh, he, that I get, though. Yeah, because she's young, but... Mm-hmm. Um, after the shortly after the murder and being investigated like talked to with the police he hired an attorney it was really quick people were like mike i know that seems weird but honestly i would do all the same thing yeah it's like it seems suspicious but also like it seems like the smartest except for the polygraph i would probably take the polygraph but yeah i would definitely hire an attorney no matter what especially if i were the husband yeah because they're gonna somehow (laughs) pin it on you Mike had actually been accused of infidelity in their marriage, and they had just recently moved to Texas, Mm -hmm. or this, whatever city they were in, and he couldn't find a job, and so money was really tight, Mm -hmm. and Mary happened to have a $700,000 insurance (gasps) policy on her at the time of death. Mike's gun was the gun found next to Mary's body as well. And um, he said he'd given it to her to protect herself from this coworker, mm-hmm. but the only person that knew that he'd given the gun to Mary was Mike. A detective said, "How would someone know she had a gun in her car? If she had been killed by just anyone with a gun, it, that would have been one thing. But, but she was killed, killed with the own, family gun. Yeah, with her yeah. Own. So Mike Morris also made a four-minute call after Mary died, and it was answered." Mm. and he said that he had called her called the killer maybe to see they that's what they think to see if it was done he said he called her to get a hold of her just because but how four minutes but he said she never answered he just kept hoping and hoping she'd answer Left which a four minute message my thing is who if i don't you why would you hope and hope and hope someone would answer the phone i guess i'll call back later mm-hmm. it's like especially in 2000 well, like, i was gonna say yeah unless you like really suspected that something is wrong or like you really needed to go somewhere like yeah. i'll repeatedly call someone if like you, you don't you are, don't let it ring for four minutes you hang up you try again like that's not if it doesn't ring yeah. for four minutes um i don't know maybe cell phones just were different then. yeah maybe <laughs> but the thing is like it wouldn't have registered as a complete a phone call that was completed if she if no one picked up. Right. If he had just been ringing for four minutes, it would have just said it was ringing. Right. So Mike claims that was a mistake from the phone company. 
and that he actually no one answered. We said likely story. Yeah, like they said that he they believed he was calling the hitman. Mm-hmm. Mary McGinnis's ring was also taken. Mm-hmm. She died, um, and so they believed that it was like you said to show like the deed was done. Mm-hmm. Which ladies never wear a wedding ring if you're married. Yeah, apparently because that's how they get you. No, I'm just. Kidding. That is kind of a weird thing, though. It's I mean, kind of like a creepy signature. Like, they take it to be like, here, your wife's dead. Give it to the next one. Yeah. Hit me up when you need help yeah. again. When you need help. <laughs> when you need help, I'll, I'll be here. Same ring. Makes it easy for me. <laughs> so, months later, after the murder, Mike's daughter from a different relationship was seen wearing Mary's ring, wedding ring. And Mike then claimed that he had found the ring in his home and forgotten to tell the police. Okay. <laughs> I just want... I wish I had a picture of that face and just post that. <laughs> Ridiculous. That's, that's the Why would you artwork. give it to your... Do- God, Sell it are, at a pawn shop, listen, man. I could be such a good girl. <laughs> people are so flipping dumb. Yeah. Police don't think that there's any connection between the Morris murders. They don't think there's any connection between the Mary Mars. If anything, they think it was just a mistake. Ah, wait. Okay, I'm sorry. Someone literally called and said they got the wrong Mary. I so I think he hired a hitman. No, yeah, that's what everyone thinks happened. Is killed that. the wrong Mary? Yeah, because they say it's like both families think it can't be a coincidence that two women with the same name Within that both live in Houston, each other. Yeah. yeah, who look alike. We're both mar- murdered within three days. And then the... With similar their circumstances. Their rings are taken. Yeah. yeah. There's Pretty no violent crimes. It has to be related. Yeah. yeah. They still haven't caught anyone And the it. fact that someone called and said, you it's got hard. the wrong yeah. Mary. So they the think, yeah, they think maybe the purse thing was like to throw someone off, like mm-hmm. just throw a random purse somewhere with the card and, and, but they don't, that's it. It's not unsolved. So the husband wasn't charged? No. <laughs> I mean, no, this? I didn't find that that he was. Jesus. Because, I mean, t- technically they don't have any, like, firm evidence, mm-hmm. like, I guess. I mean, it could all be, like, mm-hmm. just random. Or maybe, I don't know, maybe Jay hired a hitman and he's like, just take out another Mary Morris, we'll throw him off. Ooh. <laughs> Hot um, twist. Just that little, you know, mood brightener at the end of the story the daughter both mary morris's daughters they're friends now like they met up and they like Aww, she's like like you don't sweet. want anyone to have to go through this but right. she's literally the only person that's been through this so yeah, yeah. wild that's yeah. really cool. the first time i like because i remember hearing parts of that but i just i didn't hear it in details like that I was yeah like, it's funny because i never really remember names yeah like i was like oh the name kind of sounds familiar but whatever yeah but then you started and i was like i know the story <laughs> i know the story yeah so um i definitely oh, was so interesting i love twists I know. So interesting. Do you guys have any crime stories that happened to you with a twist ending? (laughs) Hopefully not, but let us us know. know. Let us know. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Tell us, um, your stories. Give us suggestions. Yeah. Shout out to... Yeah. Uh, Barbara. Barbara Clarington. Yes. The second. The second. Um, yeah, she... For giving us... She gave us the theme for this our week. plot twist theme. So, um, if you're... If you want to hear your name on our podcast, just give us a suggestion. Give us a theme. You can message us on Twitter. I think you can message people on there. Yeah. Um, you can message us on Facebook. You can also recommend our page to people. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I did that. Um, <laughs> you can message us on Instagram. You can message us on our website instead of sleepingpodcast.wordpress.com. And you can email us suggestions at instead of sleepingpodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear mm-hmm. from you guys. So keep sending messages. Yes. And yes. 
if you can rate review leave us a message on your viewing platform that's always fun yeah uh, five stars fun. on apple as it says on our website yeah so you know we're pretty excited about that yeah, all four of them we're pretty popular yeah yeah. yeah even mm-hmm. though michaela doesn't listen to this. yeah <laughs> anyways so um be safe mm-hmm. out there get, get some sleep try not to think about these stories instead of sleeping yes see see we it was positive like that Oh, <laughs>